Hello, and welcome to Sparkle Tech, another in the series of mutterings and musings from my favorite city, San Francisco. It's a typical day in July, chilly, wet, and gray. The city is covered, as usual, with a blanket of sodden summer fog. As I rode across the Golden Gate Bridge this morning through the mist, I couldn't help wondering, has someone done it yet this week? In an unusual move, the news media has agreed to stop reporting it in the interest of stemming the tide of copycats. The odds are, however, that if someone didn't do it this week, they'll do it the next. On average, someone leaps off the Golden Gate Bridge to their death once every two weeks. It's one of the most well-known and certainly most photographed structures on the planet. I spent a month in Berlin last year with a group of students from all over the world, from South Korea to Brazil, and one evening the subject of our bridge came up. Every one of them had heard of it, many had visited, of course, and almost everyone agreed that it was the most beautiful bridge in the world. I was surprised by this, but as a San Franciscan, pleased and secretly very proud. But there's something else going on here, a darker source of pride. According to Gladys Hansen, an unofficial city historian, what makes the bridge so popular is that it's a monument, a monument to death. The Golden Gate Bridge is the number one suicide landmark in the world. It opened proudly in 1937, but less than two years and 11 jumpers later, a local newspaper reported that the California Highway Patrol had already begun looking for ways to prevent further suicidal leaps from the bridge. An officer was quoted as saying that though hardly two years old, the span gives promise of becoming a mecca for despondent persons seeking self-destruction. Ain't that the truth? In the subsequent 68 years, over 1,300 people have sought the final solution to their real or perceived problems by plunging from its burnt orange deck into the frigid waters below. What is it about our bridge that lures people over the edge? Perhaps it's something about the combination of bone-chilling fog and the extreme natural beauty of this place that produces a kind of narcissism in its residents, a will to become one with the place, a kind of dark wish to end one's life with grandeur and style. No ordinary gray structure in any ugly town will do. It's hardly the only location in the world that sings such a siren song to suicide. But many other infamous suicide destinations, such as the Eiffel Tower in Paris and Mount Mihara in Japan, have the same thing in common. They're all tall, of course, and dramatically beautiful. A leading researcher of suicide at the bridge reports that, and I love this because it so perfectly sums up our sense of local elitism, reports that there is a commonly held attitude that romanticizes suicide from the Golden Gate Bridge in such terms as aesthetically pleasing and beautiful, while regarding an Oakland Bay Bridge suicide as tacky. The ironic thing about this avalanche of bodies is that we San Franciscans are unwilling to do a damn thing about it, and mainly because the most effective way to prevent these deaths would be to construct some kind of barrier, a fence, There have been many such proposals over the years, and one after another, they've all been shot down. And as poll after poll has shown, we just don't want one. In 1993, a man threw his three-year-old daughter over the side of the bridge and followed her down. Even after this widely reported tragedy, a newspaper poll found that 54% of the respondents still opposed building a barrier. And why? Simply put, because it would destroy the elegant beauty of our precious bridge, that's why. 
Here's part of a letter to the editor of a local paper that reflects the majority of local opinion. Suicide is a sad but ultimately selfish act. Now, because 20 people a year find it necessary to end their lives at the bridge, we must all be punished, in effect, by having our view destroyed. Lawrence Halprin, a prominent local architect, wrote that the Golden Gate Bridge is one of eight great works of art in the world and tampering with it is a cultural obscenity. Suicide is a psychological problem and must be treated as such, not by destroying one of the Bay Area's great icons. The thing is, even though in some ways I agree with that point of view, hearing it read out loud really gives me the creeps. What the hell is wrong with us? How can we be so callous? Of course, there is a sort of anti-suicide system already in place. There are security cameras and telephones all over the bridge, along with randomly scheduled patrols by police officers on bicycles who have successfully talked more than one jumper back from the edge. It isn't altogether clear why the fence along the side of the bridge was made so low in the first place. Aren't we just asking for trouble? Rumor has it that because the designer of the bridge, Joseph Strauss, was so short, he was known as the little man who built the big bridge, only five feet tall, uh, he may have just wanted to be able to see the view, like the thousands of other non-jumping locals and tourists who stroll across it every year. There's also a streak of dark humor that runs through our view of this suicidal attraction. In the 1970s, the two major newspapers covered the countdown to jumper number 500. One of the 14 guys who took a shot at achieving this dubious honor wore a t-shirt with the number 500 scrawled across the chest. The winner, though, was a hippie tripping on acid at the time. It must have been quite a final ride. In the 80s, workers at a local lumberyard formed the Golden Gate Leapers Association, a betting pool in which wagers were placed on which day of the week someone would jump. By the time I moved to town in the 1990s, the number was closing in on 1,000, and the media frenzy went even crazier with more and more people trying to jump, and a radio DJ even promising a case of soft drinks to the family of the eventual victim. Authorities halted the official count at 997 to calm things down a bit, but it didn't help. And in July of 1997, jumper number 1000 went over the edge, and his body was never found. Which is not surprising. The ocean currents are fierce, and a body plunges 220 feet down, accelerating until they strike the water at 75 miles per hour. Übersetzt ist das ungefähr 120 Kilometer pro Stunde. There are very, very few survivors. Still, it's shocking to many people that we, in this famously liberal corner of the United States, would deliberately choose not to protect people from themselves. But there's a historical subtext here that's worth considering, that we are the sons and daughters of early pioneers of Wackos, criminals, ne'er-do-wells, and people who simply do or did not fit in anywhere else. That we've come out here to the farthest western point of the contiguous United States to be whatever we want to be, to reinvent ourselves, to become what we are without the strictures of society and culture holding us back. Maybe that spirit is whispering something into our ears when we think about the bridge, something like, let people do what they want to do. Who were we to stop them from making their own choices? A documentary filmmaker named Eric Steele recently tricked the Golden Gate Bridge Department into allowing him to film the bridge 24 hours a day for an entire year. 
In order to get permission to set up his equipment, he apparently told them that he was filming a monuments documentary, a sort of day in the life of the bridge project. In reality, he was documenting a year of suicide. He caught 19 people jumping to their deaths and several who were saved in order to create a film that, in his words, would allow us to see into the most impenetrable corners of the human mind and challenge us to think and talk about suicide in profoundly different ways. Now, I really don't know what to think about this. I actually observed this guy working as I occasionally crossed the bridge and always wondered what he was up to. And truth be told, I still don't know. Could this film really be a benefit to society, or is it just an incredibly creepy sort of voyeurism? In any case, it's already had one important side effect. While they're desperately trying to prevent the making of the film, bridge officials have recently decided to give studying the building of an aesthetically pleasing barrier one more shot. They're pretty much broke, though, and will have to come up with almost half a million dollars just to fund the study. The actual construction of any sort of barrier will cost from 15 to $25 million, which is, ironically, almost exactly the cost of construction of the original bridge. I wouldn't hold my breath. On a slightly less serious and death-oriented note, I'd like to introduce a new feature to SparkleTac today, and that is a weekly trivia question. The fabulous prize for the first correct answer will be, of course, the honor of hearing your name and city mentioned on the very next show. And what could be more exciting than that? First question, a little bit tricky. Ready? What color is the Golden Gate Bridge? What color is the Golden Gate Bridge? Harder than it sounds. The first person to send a precise answer to sparkletack at gmail.com or to leave it on my blog page at sparkletack.com, will be declared the winner. Oh my, what an honor. If you have any comments on the show, any thoughts about the suicidal attractiveness of our bridge or what should be done about it, drop me a line. And remember that though there have not been many survivors, there have been a few, and everyone tells pretty much the same story. The second their feet leave the railing and they begin to plummet, they all think the same thought. Hey, wait a minute! My life wasn't so bad after all. Till next time.